welcome back to All Good Points. It's your host, Ricky Gray Jr. There were some surprising upsets this week in the NFL, which put some well-known teams on our flops list. Trouble seems to be brewing in Foxborough as Brady and Belichick both took losses from the Jaguars two weeks ago and a loss from the Lions on Sunday. Finally, we're going to top it off with some NFL fantasy news of the week. It's all sports, all players, and all good points. Now let's get to it. All right, guys, so first up on our props list goes to none other than my guy, Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams. Currently, this team is riding a three-game win high over the Raiders, the Cardinals, and the Chargers. Now, I know that those aren't big-name teams or anything like that, but the Rams have an outstanding defense with a very high-caliber offense. Jared Goff has almost already passed the 1,000-yard passing mark in only three games. Todd Gurley has racked up 255 yards on the ground along with four touchdowns they have a top tier receiving core with brandon cooks robert woods and cooper cup so this team really has all the key points to be a deep playoff contender unfortunately they have a very short week and minnesota is coming to town on thursday they have some injuries in the secondary so we're going to have to see how the rams can hold up because they're going to be missing marcus peters and Aqib Talib. now Those are your two top corners that are going to be out, and you're going to have to put in backups against Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Maybe Laquan Treadwell will show up. We'll see how many passes he drops. But the thing is, they're going to have a little bit of an issue there because your top two corners, the people that you brought in this year, are going to be out. And Diggs and Thielen were like rated the top receiving duo in the league last year. So what the Rams are going to focus on is trying to pressure Kirk Cousins to where he makes a lot of mistakes or he gets hit a lot, and that will probably throw off the passing game a little bit. That front four for the Los Angeles Rams is stout. Like, it's a very, very stout one, and I just have to bring up Aaron Donald and the fact that he just absolutely wrecks everything. So what Minnesota is going to have to do to combat that is put a tight end on the corner and try to push the line in, maybe chip the guys off the line to where they can't get to Kirk as fast, and the guard and tackle can kind of hold them in a box area, and maybe Kirk's going to have to do a lot of uh, rolling out of the pocket because you don't want to be in that mix when all those guys come running at you. So it depends on the way that Minnesota game plans for the Rams and which Minnesota team shows up because we saw how they played against Buffalo last week. If they play like that, against the Rams, this is going to be a nasty game. Like, you're going to want to turn it off at halftime, just like I did when they were playing the Bills. Like, it was just so hard for me to watch. But we'll get to them on our flops list. For now, we're going to talk about the Rams. Now, what the Rams are going to do offensively is probably pound the ball with Todd Gurley right from the jump. Like, they're going to make Minnesota come up with a way to stop Todd Gurley. And once they do, Jared Goff is going to try to hit one of his three outstanding targets. Like, you have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks. All of those guys are relatively fast. They're all great receivers. But the good thing for Minnesota is that they have good corners and good safety. So maybe that they're, like, maybe there's something they can do. Maybe there, maybe there's a way to slow those guys down. But I'm going to guess that Xavier Cooks is going to, Xavier Rhodes is going to be playing on Brandon Cooks. Um, and, Trey Waynes, depending on how he feels, because I know he showed up on the injury report, we're going to see how he does against maybe Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. If Mike Hughes has to step in, I'm going to guess that Mike Hughes is covering Cooper Cup, and I don't know if that's a good matchup for, for Mike Hughes or not. So 
the offensive talent that the Rams have is really what drove them last year. Yeah, they had a great defense last year as well, but it was the offense that actually drove them and propelled them forward into the playoffs. Now, they went in and out in the playoffs. I don't think the Rams are going to do that again if they go this year. But anything can happen on any given Sunday. Anything can happen. So what you have with the Rams is a crazy defense and a crazy offense and good coaching. The only thing that I would say is maybe a fault with the Rams is they're so new. Like it's almost like they're so green. And even though they're that good, they kind of remind me of the Chiefs where it's like, I can't really believe if they're going to do too well in the playoffs just because they aren't used to it yet. Now, when they start getting used to it, I think that you'll see a completely different Rams team, maybe a little bit more composed, too. The problem is, Aqib Tlaib just got put on injured reserve. So he's going to be out for, I'm going to guess, maybe at least six weeks. So they'll get Marcus Peters back, I imagine, in within four. Um, but if that defense has holes in it, people are going to exploit that and the Rams might end up losing a couple of games that could move them out of the playoffs, which would suck because that offense is great, the defense is great, and it kind of seemed like they had all their chips in a row, but then these two drastic injuries happen, and that that's just brutal. But as far as the props list goes, the Rams are number one. They played great. They've been playing great. It's a great team. It's going to be fun to watch them play Minnesota. So next up, we've got the man in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield. The Browns got one up in the the win column. They played the Jets, which, I mean, I kind of had the Jets winning that game. I thought the Jets were going to win, but it turns out and went to the Browns. That's fine. First off, congrats to them for the win. Now, Baker didn't throw any touchdowns, but to be fair, he didn't really need to because Carlos Hyde ripped up the Jets' D and got into the end zone twice. Like, Carlos Hyde was tearing it up, but that's the reason why the Browns got Carlos in the first place, right? Mayfield went 17 for 23, 201 yards. He ended the day with a 94.9 passer rating, which is really, really good. Um, Cleveland barely won the time of possession battle, but did great on passing for first downs. Uh, the defense had four sacks for a total of 30 yards lost and Cleveland really played great together as a team, which is, I think what everybody wanted to see. And above all, that's what that city needed. As far as football went, that's what the city needed. Now they go on to play the Raiders this week. So let's take a look at the matchup with Oakland, right? Oakland is actually predicted to win that game with Cleveland getting plus two and a half on a point spread. If I were to tell you who to bet on, it's Cleveland. Oakland is falling apart at the seams. They lost to the Rams, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. Now, they were kind of supposed to win a couple of those games, obviously not against the Rams, but they lost the game against the Broncos, and they lost the game against the Dolphins. Like, this team is falling apart, and they're falling apart fast. The Browns, however, seem to be coming together faster. And that, to me, is the most interesting thing, that the Browns are actually playing so well and they're playing great as a unit. That's that's the fun part. I was excited as not even being a fan of the Browns, but I was excited of being a fan of football to see them not lose. So it was great to actually see them win a game. Moving on to our last prop of the week. We have Eli Manning and the New York Giants. I know crazy. Eli played like the Eli we know he can play, right? He went 25 for 29, 297 yards, threw for two touchdowns. His rookie running back 
carried a sizable workload. He had 17 carries for 82 yards and one touchdown. Odell Beckham put up 100 yards, and it seems like everything came together for once. Slight issue, though, is Evan Ingram. He's week to week. He sprained his MCL. Uh, Pat Shermer seems to be getting his hand back on the wheel. I think what's going to end up happening is Red Ellison is going to get a lot more targets. Um, but they felt so good after the win. Like I watched the uh, locker room little back and forth, and Shermer was just walking around hugging people and stuff like that. Like they were so so excited in in the locker room after that game, and it was a big win for them. They really needed that one. The team to beat in the NFC East right now, though, is clearly the Eagles, right? But if New York focuses and gets the offense consistent, a lot of teams in the NFC are going to have trouble dealing with Barkley. Like, that's that's a fact. Eli and Odell aside, you're going to have to address the Barkley issue. And that kid will run all over you. So the Redskins probably will do well against the Giants. I don't think the Cowboys will. And the Eagles, they have a good enough defense to actually do well against them. What we're going to have to see, though, coming up, the Giants are going to play the Saints, so we'll actually be able to see what kind of moxie and how much juice they're going to have against a top, top-tier top team like the Saints. Moving on, we are going to get into our flops list, guys. All right, guys, so the first team on my flops list, it's, it's hitting a little close to home because it happens to be my favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. I mean... What a disappointment that was. One of the top defenses in the league got outclassed by a mediocre offense. Josh Allen looked like Superman out there, and Minnesota couldn't come up with an answer. Let's take a look inside the game really quick. Three turnovers for Minnesota, 5 for 14 on third downs, and lost the time of possession battle by 10 minutes. They had 14 total rushing yards, but Kirk still almost threw for over 300 yards, but Good Lord, can someone block for this guy? Like, seriously. Kyle Rudolph says this happens once a year for the Vikings. He referenced the 2016 game against the Colts and the Eagles in 2017. My question is, why do you have to have one of these games every single year? Now, we all know how good the Vikings can be. I mean, this is a team that beat up on the San Francisco 49ers the first week, came back to tie the game against the Packers, and then the third week... They play like this. And I mean, last year, they were kind of favored to win the Super Bowl. Not super favored because they would have had to play the New England Patriots, but they were kind of favored to to win the Super Bowl last year. And then they go and play the Eagles and just absolutely bomb. And it's interesting that we run into this issue as Vikings fans of when is the team going to do something that disappoints us? Now, at least it wasn't like last year when we played the Browns in, in London and, you know, we we won that game. So we didn't have to deal with, you know, the team that lost to the Browns, you know. But this year it's like, well, we lost to the Bills. And this year the Bills are the Browns and they ended up beating Minnesota. And it hurts because we have to watch it and be like, man, like that is, that's brutal. Because we know that they don't normally play like that. And even around the league, teams know that they don't play like that. Mike Zimmer said that they were prepared for this team and, you know, they didn't take the team lightly or anything like that. So if you didn't take the team lightly, what happened? Where was where was the disconnect? Like the offensive line didn't block. The defense couldn't get anything done. There was a bunch of miscommunications on defense that left people open. Whole bunch of coverage gaps. And there was no running game, like absolutely no running game. So what happened? 
And now they have to go and play the Rams on a short week, which I don't see as a bad thing. I actually think it's a good thing because they're going to need to snap out of that loss really fast and get back to the basics and get back to winning because this team brought in people so they can win a Super Bowl. There, there's no messing around going on in Minnesota. They want a Super Bowl and they want it now. That's why they got Kirk Cousins. That's why they went and got Dan Bailey after Carlson didn't work out. That's why they spent money keeping people where they're at. So they're looking for a Super Bowl, but you're not going to get one if you play like that. Like that's that's football. You're you're not going to get you won't get a ring if you play like that. So let's hope that they bounce back against the Rams on top of, you know, the flop portion of it. I have to give Kirk Cousins his props because that dude hung in there almost through for 300 yards. He had still a relatively good game, even with all of the miscues. Now, following up Oakland, and I talked about Oakland last week, but Oakland is on a slippery slope. It, we covered the issues that they're having already. This week, they had a lot of good things going for them against Miami. They led the game all the way up until the fourth quarter, and then the defense just collapsed. Carr ended up throwing two interceptions, and it seems like old Gruden might be regretting this Mac trade because he said in an interview, it's hard to trade, to trade one of your best players, one of the best players in the franchise. Now, Khalil Mack already has 15 quarterback pressures, and the Raiders are the only team with only 20. Sorry, the only team with under 20. So Mac already has almost more pressures than the team has together. And you let him go. The Raiders are playing the Browns this week. And I mean, you can't be shocked if Baker Mayfield pulls off a W because they don't have anybody to really stop him. Like Mayfield's going to leave the pocket and it's not like Mac is going to be running him down. John Gruden wants more out of Bruce Irvin, but how are you asking more out of Bruce Irvin when nobody's doing anything? Like, there's nobody that's actually doing anything on the team already anyways, on defense anyways, that is going to stop that offense already. They're going to have to deal with Carlos Hyde. They're going to have to deal with Jarvis Landry. They're going to have to deal with their tight end. So then it's like, okay, well, maybe their offense can pull off a win. Maybe their offense can do it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if Derek Carr throws two interceptions... Their offense isn't pulling off much of anything. So this week, I'm not taking the Raiders at all. I won't. I probably won't even touch that game as far as like my bets go. So I'm going to end up having to take the Browns. If I'm just picking a straight-up no-spread or anything like that, a straight-up win-lose win game, I'm going to take the Browns. Um, but Oakland really needs to figure some stuff out. Mark Davis and John Gruden really need to get together and figure out what their next step is because right now, they're in a whole lot of trouble. Now, last up on our flops list isn't, it doesn't have anything to do with the team. It actually has to do with the league again, and not necessarily the league, but the fans of the league. I am talking about holiday fans. Now, whether you call them holiday fans or maybe fair weather fans, we all know who I'm talking about. Perhaps the most toxic thing about not just the NFL, but major league sports, period, is the these fans that flip-flop 
week by week, they go from loving the team that, you know, they post on their Instagram that they say that they're, they've been fans of forever to hating the team the next week and dogging the team and saying that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to cheer for them anymore. I'm going to burn all of my jerseys. I'll be a fan of something else, blah, blah, blah. You know, Vikings fans were calling for Zimmer's head last week. The Falcons fan got into a fight outside of the stadium after their loss. Like, that's toxic. And it's not only toxic to like the league itself, but if you behave that way, that's toxic to yourself. All you need to do is support the team. You're not playing. If you aren't out there doing anything, not contributing, and I, I mean, I know that you didn't get drafted to actually play in the National Football League, so people will make that argument with me. But the fact of the matter is, you aren't out there. You aren't doing what they have to do. Be a fan of the game, support your team, and that's it. That's all you have to do. So what we're going to do now, now that we're done venting about our flops list, we're going to talk about the trouble in Pat's paradise. In a 2009 documentary, Bill Belichick said that the Patriots can be easily defended by covering Gronkowski. That lack of weapons seems to be damaging the offense recently after the losses to Jacksonville and Detroit. In a game against Detroit, Brady only threw for 133 yards. That is surprisingly uncharacteristic. The Lions won the time of possession game by almost 20 minutes. That's over a quarter of playtime. Now, Belichick is perhaps the greatest coach in NFL history, and he usually refers to September as an extension of the preseason, but I'm sure even he didn't want this kind of start. Now, Julian Edelman comes back in the mix here pretty soon. I think it's after this week, and Josh Gordon is probably going to be starting um, here pretty soon. So should we worry about the Pats? My answer, honestly, is no. And I'll tell you why. Him referring to September as an extension of the preseason is pretty normal. Like, the way that the Pats play from then on is completely different. Now, they've come off of losses uh, from teams, and they've blown out the team that they've played next week. This week, they have Miami. So it's like, if they blow out Miami or if they lose to Miami, then maybe we should start worrying about the, the Pats if they actually lose to them. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Miami's whole thing is kind of like a fluke, but whatever. Um, but anyways, as far as the Pats go, they're a solid team. They're going to get Edelman back. They've got Josh Gordon in the mix. Rex Burkhead is still playing relatively well. I think they are missing Danny Amendola, though. Like, I, I kind of think that they're missing that person as like a possession wide receiver, a guy that gets open really, really easily. He's kind of hard to keep track of because he's a smaller wide receiver. They'll get that back with Edelman. But Belichick losing to Matt Patricia, I think, was a big step for Matt Patricia. Like, I know he felt good about that game to actually be able to beat his former boss. But I think maybe Belichick took that a little bit rough, too. Like, actually losing to somebody that was your understudy is... Losing bothers Belichick anyways. Like, that's that's one thing that he hates. So, above everything else, because, I mean, I'm, I'm pr pretty sure that the guy hates a lot anyways. But them having these issues against the teams like the Jaguars, like the Jaguars I kind of expect because of that defense, but Detroit I didn't really see that happening. Detroit just got after them that game, and Brady was kind of having an uncharacteristic game. We're going to see how he bounces back against Miami. I think Miami's kind of like their fluff game. Like, I don't see them having too many issues with Miami as far as, like, defensively goes. So I'm kind of seeing, like, the Patriots having a solid walk over that team. Now, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. 
it's it's happened before. I was wrong about like eight games this week. So, I mean, we're going to try to get a better record on this next one. But I don't think we should worry about the Patriots too much because they've been in this situation before. They've experienced it. This is probably the most journeyed team in the National Football League. Like, they know what losing is like, and they they know how to avoid it. Or they know how to avoid it in the future anyways. So there's going to be adjustments that they do and things like that, which is the way that teams prepare. And if they go through, they make their adjustments, they go on to play Miami at home in Foxborough. If they get a win, that's going to juice up the Patriots again and get them going in October. And from October on, the Patriots are scary. Like, that's that's just a scary team. That's That's a fact. They're the best team in the AFC. Regardless of what the standings say right now, we all know that the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. So I think Tom is like Tom was yelling at the guys on the sideline saying that he needed one good drive. He wanted one good drive out of them. And they gave him that one good drive, but they just couldn't repeat it. Like they couldn't keep it going after that. And that's the issues that they're running into right now. But with adding the weapons of Edelman and Gordon, I actually think that they're going to be on a pretty good track and that offense is going to go pretty ham this week. So be on the lookout if you have uh, if you have Tom Brady, don't think that the last week is a reason you should put him on the bench. Make sure you start him, okay? Maybe even start Josh Gordon because he might get a lot of looks. You never know. Gronkowski seems to be pretty healthy right now, so keep a lookout for him. And I don't really see how many people are on that um, on that Miami defense that are actually going to be able to guard Josh Gordon and Rob Gronkowski. So one of those two is getting open. And if not, they're going to be giving the ball to Burkhead a lot. And Rex is actually a really good running back. So we'll see what happens. I say still stay with the Patriots. Uh, hang tough because it's just it's just a little rough patch that they're going through. I don't think they're, uh, they're going to be dealing with this for a long time. So what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to our fantasy picks um, and our uh, picks of the week. All right, guys, so what we're going to do first is get into our fantasy news of the week. Starting off with our top scorers, we had Calvin Ridley come in at 40.5. Drew Brees came in at another 40.5. Matt Ryan came in at 40.2. Alvin Kamara came in at 34. And Robert Woods came in at 33.7. So what we should focus on is some quick fantasy pickups and things like that. Jordy Nelson, he had a great game last week. He put up 29.3 points. Look for Derek Carr to keep trying to get Jordy the ball this week as they play the Browns. Calvin Ridley had a breakout game, showed some serious talent. Please don't bite on that too fast, though, because that's seven catches for 146 yards and three touchdowns. I don't think that's going to stick. I actually think Julio is going to get a whole lot of work this week. Adam Thielen went ham, even though his team could not produce a win. Make sure to start him against the Rams since both of their starting corners are out. Dalvin Cook actually might be on the sideline this week, so just be sure to monitor the injury report to see whether he's starting or not. If he does start, you could probably go ahead and put him in. Taylor Gabriel has been targeted 22 times in three games, and although his production is lackluster, Anthony Miller will be out for a significant time. So most likely, that extra workload is going to be falling on Gabriel. Marcus Mariota still seems to have problems throwing certain passes, so you might want to leave him on the bench and pick up a Mayfield or something like that just for the week. So what we're going to do now is make our picks of the week for these games. First game, Vikings-Rams. Now, 
This one hurts a little bit, but I'm going to have to take the Rams over the Vikings just because of the way the Vikings played last week. Jaguars over the Jets. I don't think Darnold's going to be able to deal with that defense, so I got to take the Jaguars. uh, Patriots over the Dolphins. I kind of mentioned this earlier. I think this is going to be a walk for the Patriots. Eagles over the Titans. I think Mike Rabel is not going to be able to outcoach the Eagles, so I got to take the Eagles. Colts over the Texans. The Colts have been playing really, really well, so I kind of expect them to beat their division rival, the Texans. Packers over the Bills. The Packers are irritated, and what happens when the Packers are irritated is they win. The Lions over the Cowboys. Kind of just because the Lions are playing better as a team and the Cowboys still haven't figured out their offense. I'm taking the Bears over the Bucks. That Bears defense is ridiculous, so I'm going to guess that Khalil Mack is about to give it to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Falcons over the Bengals. Matt Ryan and that offense against the Bengals. I just don't think that's going to even look good. So I got to take the Falcons. Seahawks over the Cardinals. I like the Hawks in this one only because the Cardinals haven't been able to get anything together. And even though they're starting Josh Rosen, all that's going to happen is that kid's going to get wrecked. Browns over the Raiders. I mentioned this earlier. The Browns are playing better as a unit than the Raiders are. So I have to take the Browns. Saints over the Giants. The Saints offense is crazy, and I don't think the Giants defense can really keep up. So I have to take the Saints. Charges over the 49ers. There's no Jimmy G in uh, San Francisco anymore, so I think Angry Phillip is going to go ahead and take the take the 49ers down. Steelers over the Ravens. I think the Steelers got that taste of a win, so they're yearning for it. So I think they're going to play really, really good this week. Now, if you guys want, or if you can, or if you decide to, email your picks of the week to allgoodpointspodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at allgoodpointspodcast. The Instagram is popping. We're doing giveaways and things like that. So get in there and get your piece of the pie. I'm Ricky Gray Jr. This has been a wonderful, wonderful day. You guys have a great football weekend, and I will see you next time. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.